If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you with knowledge that empowers you to make better financial decisions in your life. Speaking of great decisions, have you made one of the best you could make? Subscribing to our free newsletters at clark.com slash newsletters. By the way, if you find that I'm really not telling you the truth, you don't like our newsletters, you don't enjoy them, we make it as easy to unsubscribe as it was to subscribe. Don't you hate that when you subscribe to something and you can't figure out how to stop it? We don't play that game. In today's episode, speaking of games, we're going to talk about ones that aren't funny at all. Phone scams that are absolutely proliferating, even now using AI to trick you. Also, the big pharmacy chains that I pick on all the time are closing locations all over the place. And this is being talked about as if it's a bad thing. I'm going to give you my perspective because if it gets you to change your habits, it could be a really good thing. So there's a big, big, big rise in con artists using your phone as a way to reach you. The number of spam calls people were getting had actually gone down a lot because of things called stir and shaken or shaken and stir, whatever, a joint initiative of the feds and the major phone companies to require validation of the number you were getting a call from. Well, now criminals are figuring out how to get around that and the number of spam calls going up. Now, the average person apparently gets about three to four spam calls a week. So you're thinking, that's not horrible. But I want to tell you some of the patterns. Very common is you'll get a call from your own area code or an area code in area. The spammers, the scammers, are calling you when you ignore that call three times. By the third time, behavior being like it is, we're like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe something's wrong. Maybe there's a family emergency. Maybe somebody's been hurt. And so you answer, and that's when you're getting the con artist talking to you. My wife the other day got one of these three call cycles and answered, and it was just a solicitation. And Krista of our crew got one the other day, mm-hmm. and you were in the middle of something. Yeah, I and was you're, waiting you're, for a call from a medical office, and I stopped what I was doing, the meeting I was in, and got out and answered the call because it said something medical, and it was like a solicitation for some stupid benefits scam. I mean, it's just so frustrating. And so know that this is going on so much that when you get that repeat call, don't trust that it is an actual legitimate, urgent, or emergency situation. 
if it really is something that's ultra important, they're going to leave a voicemail and you can listen. Now, scammers are pretexting big time. And it's all involved with pretending to be law enforcement, a financial institution, something like that. And you're going to say, well, I've known that for a long time. But it's become the thing because it's worked. It's worked for the crooks. And whatever the pretext is, it's all about trying to get you to either cough up key personal or financial information or to get you to give money to whoever the crook is or con artist. The law enforcement angle, they're going to do all kinds of weird things. For a while, it was about you going to buy gift cards at retail stores, and that still plays out. But now, the hottest is getting you to pay with crypto. Untraceable and no way to reclaim it whatsoever And if a criminal is, well, you don't realize they're a criminal. Somebody's saying, well, you're in trouble for blah, 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 blah. Whatever story they tell you. And you must deal with it right now. And this is what we're telling you to do. And this is what you must do. And then you like hook and mouth like with a fish. You get reeled in and you go do it. And you send the criminal crypto. Your money is gone. You may not even understand what they're having you do. The net effect is real money of yours disappears into an untraceable, ugly mess with no way to reclaim it. I want to tell you something else that's going to be very hot this Christmas season. There's a new warning from the Postal Service, but it could just as easily be UPS, FedEx, Amazon, whoever. Criminals are sending texts saying there's a problem with your delivery, and it will appear to be from one of the package delivery services. Click here, and what you're doing when you click, most often, is you're downloading a virus. Or you could be having something saying, so we're charging you blah, blah, blah for this package, but it's missing. Uh, If you have a question about this, call this number, whatever. And you are talking to pretexters, phonies, not really with the Postal Service, UPS, FedEx, Amazon, Walmart, whatever. Don't fall for it. But the biggest thing is, I cannot emphasize this enough. You're a longtime listener. You're like, okay, I know what he's going to say. He says it all the time. But this is a gateway into your life you want to short circuit. Do not click in links and emails or texts that you receive that pretend to be and could be, but let's treat everyone as pretend from your bank credit union, credit card company, any business you do business with. Do not click on live links. Live links are a direct gateway into nothing but trouble for you. If there really is something, your bank or credit union or credit card company or any company you do business with, if they're legitimately trying to reach you, you will know if you go sign into their website or go to their app on your phone, and if they're trying to reach you, if there's an issue, if there's a problem, you will know once you've signed in. Never, ever, not ever, call a phone number that is communicated in an email or text. Because with the ability of criminals 
to fake it, when you call, they will use language exactly like the real site. They will mimic exactly their call system. Usually, uh, it's one of the simplest uses of AI. I want you to be on your guard because the criminals adapt and they figure out how to con, and I don't want you to be taken. Okay. Lewis in Georgia says, I'm looking for a side hustle to make a little extra money. I saw jobs for its secret shopper. Are any of these legit jobs that you can work on your schedule part-time? So Lewis, there are legitimate survey jobs, secret shopper jobs. We have discovered that they pay an effective, extremely low rate per hour. You could make more money doing almost anything other than these survey things, the secret shopper kind of things. Uh, Secret shopper is also an area that's had a lot of scams where they get you to pay them money up front and you're not actually getting a real opportunity. They're just stealing your money, pretending that you have an opportunity to be a secret shopper. The worst of these secret shopper things are where you end up helping thieves steal items from online sellers, and then law enforcement comes to arrest you as being a participant in a theft ring because they're sending the the packages stolen with stolen credit cards to your address, and then you're supposedly doing reviews of the service, then you're supposed to send them off, and you're sending the stuff to the crooks. I mean, it's bad news bears. We do have a guide, though, at Clark.com on side hustles. There's also the website done by Kathy Kristoff called Side Hustle. It's spelled a really unusual way, right? I think I she, have to look that up. Uh, but uh, Side Hustle is an actual website you can go to and find legitimate opportunities to make money on the side. None of them are going to make you big money, but there are some that you'll make a decent hourly rate, not a huge hourly rate, for doing things on the side. Okay, Joe in Florida says, I admire your financial insights, and I'm aware that, like myself, you also go cruising frequently. The problem I've encountered is that the costly onboard Wi-Fi. I assume you don't go on these cruises and not have Wi-Fi with what you do. Having no internet is not an option as I run a business and must check my email daily. Going without it is not an option. Could you share your strategies or recommendations for affordable cruise Wi-Fi options? There aren't any. (laughs) The the Wi-Fi is very expensive. The good news is thanks to crazy Elon Musk, more and more ships have extremely fast, reliable internet from Starlink. But expect to spend somewhere north of $15 a day for good, hopefully decent internet on the ship. Now, internet on ships used to be expensive and very, very poor. Now the internet's expensive and getting better. There is not a useful alternative I know of at this point. I mean, there was once a time when people were were actually taking sat phones on cruise ships. The data on sat phones is not very fast, but it was it could be cheaper and was as pokey slow as it was on the ships, but not anymore. That really doesn't work. Mark in New York says, my wife and I live in upstate New York. We have our auto and homeowners through a national company endorsed by our retirement system. 
It just went up by 39% despite no claims. We were told by the union representatives that it was partially because of damage to homes in Florida. Can you tell me any ways to avoid this? Are there less well-known companies who are regional and could save us on these charges? So, Mark, that was a very curious thing because most insurers have cordoned off Florida in separate insurance entities that even if it has the brand name of the same insurer you're with, usually the Florida policies, because of the ultra-high risk for insurers there, are in their own risk pool. So that was a very curious thing the union told you. Homeowners and auto rates have gone up quite a bit around the country, but varies a lot company to company. So there is no magic other than shopping around for the combo of your auto and homeowners. And if you do shop around, you'll find out either, even with this increase, the insurance you have through the union is still a decent rate, or you may find that there's a much cheaper choice in the market. There is no magic, though, specifically looking for a local or regional homeowners and auto insurer in the tri-state area. Instead, you're going to find that just shopping the market will be the best thing for you to do. And make sure you're shopping for identical coverages for both your home and your auto. And the time you spend may save you many, many hundreds of dollars a year. Can't say it will. I can say it may and often does. Coming up ahead, there's real turmoil in the pharmacy business. And the turmoil going on is being written about and spoken about as being a real negative for consumers. It's actually potentially a real positive for you. I'm going to explain. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself 
and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The number of pharmacies around the country is declining. The big chains Rite Aid, Walgreens, and CVS are falling all over themselves, closing locations. Rite Aid's in bankruptcy. They're closing, I think, somewhere like a fourth to a third of all their locations. CVS, over a number of years, is closing well over a 1,000 locations. Walgreens is closing somewhere like 350, 400 locations. And there's a massive change in the pharmacy business. Because I want you to understand how these big three ultra retail chains operate. They lure you in because your pharmacy plan says you're supposed to fill your meds at one of the three of them. And then while you're there, they hope you buy their obscenely overpriced merchandise elsewhere in the store. I remember on TV, I did this thing where we went and shopped for over-the-counter meds at Dollar Tree and then went to a, I forgot if it was CVS or Walgreens, and bought the equivalent over-the-counter meds, store brand each case. And it was just funny because the name brand pharmacy was typically seven times the cost for the items as they were at Dollar Tree. I mean, come on. These pharmacies live their lives based on convenience. But the way you can buy stuff today has destroyed that convenient advantage for Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid. So if you've noticed, you go into these stores, and a lot of them are looking really tired, really run down, because they can't even afford now to keep them looking fresh and nice and all that, because the volume of sales is going down, down, down. So in the news reports, it's been like this is some kind of tragedy for consumers that there are going to be less locations of these giant overpriced chains. But the marketplace adapts, and that's why this chokehold over the prescription drug business and all the rest that these way overpriced chains have had is really lessening because now you have so many more choices to get your prescriptions. Mail order and prescriptions is vastly more efficient and much cheaper, except for a medicine you need same day because you are ill or your child's ill. Mail order will save you enormous sums. You've got Walmart that's become a big player in prescription drugs and charges a tiny fraction of what you pay at CVS, Walgreens, or Rite Aid. And then Costco, I've talked about how their pricing method, day in and day out, makes Costco much cheaper for prescriptions than really anybody else. Sam's Club, for its premium members, has free prescriptions you can get. Many supermarkets, although they become a smaller factor in prescription drugs, they're a choice. Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drugs, 
another opportunity for you to buy inexpensive meds. And so much of the time, using these alternative sources for meds is cheaper than using the prescription plan you have through work that often will channel you to the overpriced Walgreens, CVS, or Rite Aid. And I'm not even mentioning the stuff that came up recently with the walkouts because the pharmacists and pharmacy techs are worried that they're being worked to death and that they're going to make more mistakes. So it is actually a marketplace good when the market says this model no longer works. There are other ways to do things because if you think about how much you pay for the front of the house stuff in CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid, I mean, basically, do you really want to subsidize their stockholders by paying many times the market price for stuff you buy inside those stores? I hope not. Okay, this question's from Z in California. I'm married with two adult children who are living at home since COVID. One has a great job as an engineer, the other's in college. My husband is 55, I'm 56. We've saved and have a good nest egg for retirement. I'm wanting to charge my son rent, maybe $500, so he develops good habits. My plan is to put it in a CD and give it to him when he buys his own home. My husband is opposed. What resource can I share with him to show that this creates better habits in young people? And by the way, we're having to help my husband's father, a retired doctor, out with his finances. Maybe the apple does not fall far from the tree. So I think charging an adult child living under your roof who has a good paying job rent is perfectly reasonable. Your husband may love having his children under the roof. And that's why he doesn't want to do something that might create an incentive that his son would move out sooner. But I think that teaching responsible habits and your idea of charging the rent and then later gifting this back to your son is wonderful. You're allowed to give $17,000 to anyone. Don't even have to be a family member. Each of you, each year, you could certainly charge your son rent for a number of years and then when it comes time to buy a home you could then say hey you know all that money you paid at rent here it is for a down payment on your home so i think that is good all the way around creating basically a forced saving habit in your son i like it so as in terms of resources i don't know that we have any but you could play him this podcast <laughs> maybe he'll listen he'll to say, park I don't like that guy anyway. <laughs> All right. Scooter in New Hampshire wrote in. He says, hello, Clark World. <laughs> December 14th of this year marks 10 years since I filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy. After my bankruptcy was discharged, I began a plan to rebuild my credit. Between sage advice from the bankruptcy attorney and an accountant, my credit score is now almost 800. Wow. Yeah. My question is this. When will my Chapter 7 truly fall off of my credit reports? I get mixed information on this. I busted my hump getting to a place completely different financially, and I just want this gone. Thanks for what Clark World does, and I do have one piece of advice for those who have no alternative to bankruptcy. Do not reaffirm any debt other than a mortgage, a car, but only if it's absolutely necessary. Go scorched earth and throw all the debt in the filing. I had tried to work with creditors, but it was futile. 
congratulations to you on being in a really rough place financially. Now you're 10 years out and you've built a rock solid financial record with nearly an 800, you know, anything above 760, pretty much you're golden credit wise. Some people would say 780, you're in golden territory. Now, if there's anything still hanging out from 10 years ago, the item has aged out because with a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, things stay on your credit for a max of 10 years. Anything that's still there got to go. Now, if there's any judgments that exist prior to your bankruptcy filing, it gets more gray with those. But if these are just items listed on the report, you challenge them due to aging. With the credit bureau, you challenge them electronically at their website by getting a free copy of your report, then challenging those items being there, and you say due to aging, and you explain the circumstance, and then the credit bureau is on notice, as is whoever the collector or credit grantor, that they're in violation of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. They don't want to be in violation of that. Make sure you say that in there, and those items should properly be removed. If anybody puts you on ignore on the 10-year rule, file a complaint with consumerfinance.gov against the credit bureau and whoever it is that's putting the false information out. Then they have to answer to the feds on that. And usually within about a month, the items that are improperly listed will be removed. Ken in Virginia says our homeowners association moved the entire inventory of dumpsters to one location by our townhouse. Oh my goodness. This has caused interruptive sleep as residents drive up with loud music and as garbage is being dumped as early as five in the morning and as late as one in the middle of the night. More upsetting is the fact that the garbage truck with backup beepers and spotlights aimed at our bedroom window is dumping all five dumpsters on Saturday mornings at around 6.40 a.m. We have met with the board and provided a letter expressing our concerns, but we have been told that there will be no changes to the present situation. We were not aware of the relocation of the dumpsters until after the fact. They shared an email blast survey that was sent out to the homeowners, but they acknowledge we were not included in the survey through an error. This has been upsetting since we weren't consulted. Because of this action, our peace has been breached and our property value diminished. Can you help us? So you can help yourself, Ken. You know, association boards, homeowners, and condos have pretty much unlimited power as judge, jury, and executioner. There is no separation of powers or anything like that in a condo association or homeowner association. The one power you have, Ken, is to take matters in your own hand by running for the board. You know, the board, you've appealed to them. They don't care. They've ignored you. Homeowner gets fired up. They run for the board. Your campaign can't just be about the dumpsters. It's got to be about why a positive campaign why you think you can help make the community better. And then once you're on the board, you do something about this thing. First thing that the board should have offered is the Saturday thing is quality of life issue for you and the other townhouse owners that are directly adjacent to where all the dumpsters have been put. Getting a different day for pickup, a weekday, would be a quality of life improvement just by itself. Second, this is an interim solution that will help with the noise. Get a good white noise machine. The good ones cost about 40 to $50. I can tell you as a city dweller, 
it has totally changed the quality of my life having a good white noise machine. I use a brand called Electrofan, but there are many good ones out there. You'll find that you may sleep better through the night and it'll help with whatever racket there often is with people dumping garbage in the middle of the night and you hear that clang and all that. For the light pollution, I would consider in your bedroom putting in blackout of some kind that will block that light. If you block the noise, block the light, that should improve your quality of life and quality of sleep. But if a board has taken an action that has harmed you, your best defense going forward is an offense. Getting elected to that board and any other neighbors adjacent to the dumpsters that are upset by a decline in quality of life. See if you can get other people who are fired up about this to also run for the board. When a board is tone deaf, what you need is you need a change in that board. That's really disturbing when your home, your castle is something that is no longer fun. So adapt as best you can. And now it's time for today's Clarky. Hi, Professor. This is Brian from Oregon calling. It's truly been an honor. Two years ago, I was diagnosed with a serious medical condition and I uh, was given two to three months to live. Oh, no. uh, a team of doctors said uh, my life is definitely short. I fortunately found another hospital and they gave me two brand new organs. And I'm doing excellent two years later. Wow. Anyway, in Charles Dickens' Tale Two Cities, he says it was the, the best times, it was the worst of times. And truly it was. It was the worst of times. But yet in many more ways, it was the best of times. Um, I received hundreds of thoughts and prayers and emails and text messages and visits and people I haven't talked to 20 for the last 20 years would call and check in. And I saw the incredible work that the hardworking nurses do. And they are absolutely incredible. He's able during those two to three months to get life in order, funeral plans and financial and insurance. And again, it was in many ways, <laughs> it was the best of times. Anyway, I appreciate you. Let me correct that. We appreciate you for your class, your righteousness, your humor. There's so much negativity in the media today, but you bring positivity and hope. I know you wear black on TV, and so does Bruce Springsteen in concerts, so maybe he's a closet clerky. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for your service. Go Ducks. Thank you very much. Thanks, uh, Brian. I, I love that's inspirational. I mean, you were at death's door. You didn't just take the death sentence. You went and found an alternate medical facility that did not write you off. You were a good patient advocate. You got the care you needed. You got the transplants that have been life-saving for you. And I can tell by your positive energy that that helped you overcome. You know, a lot of times with medicine, if we just are resigned to whatever we're told and we just accept our fatal diagnosis, that's what happens. Right. You have to be your own advocate or have someone who advocates for you. Exactly. It doesn't mean you will necessarily survive advocating and getting second and if necessary, third, fourth opinions, but it's the best chance you got. You made it work. That positive attitude worked for you. 
This is fantastic. And I know this is something that people for religious reasons may or may not be interested in or may uh, not be allowed to do by your religious beliefs, but I'm signed up as an organ donor. When I pass away, whatever organs of mine would still be useful to somebody else, I so badly want to donate them, donate the gift of life and sight, even though I'm a four eyes, and having my factory second organs may or may not work for you, but hopefully they will, and hopefully they'll make you more thrifty than you were before you received my organs. But I make light of that, but I'm a big believer for those who don't have religious objections to sign up as an organ donor because you never know whose life it is you'll save. And in Brian's case, he's here talking to us because of the generosity of an organ donor and great medical professionals who made it happen. Thank you for sharing that. And this is the moment where I tell you, save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off. But instead, I want to go back to Brian's theme, kindness, kindness, being kind to each other, being supportive of each other, one stranger to another, one friend to another, one relative to another. Life is so much better when we show kindness than when we don't. And people really appreciate, as you mentioned, the kindness of the nurses. It makes life so much better all the way around. Have a great day.